Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 114 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. We're too much talking, your pets is barely enough. I'm a, uh, a reclining and slightly under the weather Dr. Robbie Anderton, and by and joined by a man who's been out in the cold face. He's been out uh, working hard on a Saturday morning. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I think I'm, by the looky on the, on the zoomy zoom zoom, I think I'm doing better than you. Mate, it's, um, it'd be very difficult to be doing worse than me at the moment. Um, I, I could, I made what could only be described as some, um, probably inappropriate life choices between, uh, 1130 and 1230 last night. And, uh, and let's just say that I've, uh, I've, I've ruined the Saturday for not necessarily, um, uh, well, certainly for myself and uh, certainly in the uh, interaction with the family, but um, not getting out of bed until or falling asleep on the couch, getting back into bed again and uh, and now rocking up to do the podcast. I haven't seen the family very much, but, but to be honest, with the way I'm looking, they're not too concerned. So, um, so yeah, it's been a, been a rough day. Oh, mate. Well, you've got to do these things. I think it's probably a long time since, you know, you sort of caught up with people with all us all being locked down. So good way to go, mate. Good, go hard or go home, eh? Well, I did go hard and then I went home, but I should have went home a bit early before I went hard, actually. Um, so how was work this morning? I mean, Saturdays usually have the, the traditional thing of where they're a bit manic and crazy, but uh, was today fairly uh, uh, fairly normal for you? Uh, today was was quietish, mate, really. It was, um, we had a sort of, we've got, got to work pretty fully booked through and then we had a few cancellations sort of things. So had a few gaps, got to catch up a bit. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a bad, uh, bad Saturday morning, certainly by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, that's good. Um, I, um, I, I had a Saturday morning, uh, worked or worked uh, the weekend last weekend and uh, had a, uh, a, an interesting one of um, about... Oh, one o'clock uh, dog that, um, so we're open until two, one, one o'clock dog came in and thought, oh, I think this dog's going to need to have surgery. Thought it had a foreign body. So went in surgically, but my, so I'm with a nurse and a receptionist and the nurse said, look, I, I can't be here after half past two. And the receptionist said, I'm not in a position to be able to help you with the surgery. I've gone, oh, Uh-oh. okay. So um, I, uh, I called in a new nurse, Lewis. Her name is uh, Dr. Christina Anderton. Um, to come in and, uh, and help out with the uh, with the anaesthetic, so got Christina back in on the tools. So the kids came in. Uh, they were, uh, you know, Ruben was pretty uh, pretty happy with uh, seeing what was going on. Camille was just running off playing uh, playing Minecraft pretty uh, pretty quickly on the uh, on the iPads. But yeah, got Christina on the tools. Uh, you know, swinging the pen, doing the observations for me. That's fantastic, mate. That is that's really good. And how how did the how the new nurse go? Any? Uh, I hope there weren't any. Uh, any, uh, you know, inter, inter, uh, relational, uh, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't mix, you know, personal life with, uh, with, uh, with working life. So hopefully we are able to come compartmentalize the relationship at that stage. Most certainly, Lewis. Yeah, we um, we were able to keep things very professional. You know, particularly when there was a, you know, a an animal under anesthetic in the room as well. Um, yes. So it, it's, um, you know. <laughs> It's been a while since Christina and I have worked together on a uh, on a professional uh, level. Um, there was like once where she came in on a um, on a weekend to help me out to put a catheter in on a um, in an animal, and so she came in and held held the vein up for me. But this is like actual you know actual full on work where she's sort of taking observation. Go, gee whiz, yeah, this is pretty you know it's pretty tough getting back into. It. I said, oh yeah, no, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. But um, what I found was quite good, Lewis, was that it was quite a relaxing um, surgery. You know, like I I felt like I could be myself a little bit more during the uh, during the during the procedure i wasn't trying to keep up um what, what you call a more sort of professional bossy um era uh, or aura of um a personal hygiene it meant that uh you know when i was doing the surgery if there was uh you know sometimes you, know, you feel like there's a you know a bit of a gas cap knocking at the uh at, at the back door uh-huh. and you you know 
and, and when you when you're working with a nurse, you kind of feel compelled to try and hold hold that in because you want to try and you know you don't have to do that when you're doing surgery with your wife, Lewis. It's true. Yeah, you know, she's she's already signed on. It's fine. So yeah, you know, it didn't happen all the time, but it was there was a couple of times where I said to her, I said, "This is actually really good. You know, I can um, I don't have to worry about trying to trying to hold anything back. You know, it's, I can just be relaxed." I'm sure she appreciate you talking about that, mate. Just uh, that's that's great. So, just uh, just had a windy dinner the night before. Did you and uh, perhaps perhaps some baked beans or something like that the night before, and just thought it was a perfect time just to just to relax. Oh, there was well fermented legumes, Lewis. It was it was great. <laughs> well, well, speaking of families in uh, in uh, in surgery and stuff, I actually I did a dental on Olive this week myself. Oh, um, well, I wonder what all the bandage wear, what bandages were on your hands. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, as you know, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> hates anything being handled. So I managed to, we, I put on some gabapentin, some zilkeen. Zilkeen yep. went on the food, no worries, a few days before. Um, but the gabapentin the night before, yeah, I've really, you got to sneak up on her and get the, you know, get the pill in. I think the first one the night before she was cuddling sort of Deb on her shoulder and I've come in and just whoop, got it in there nice and quick. Well, then next, yep. the rest of the, that night, and the, she was just avoiding me next morning. So oh, really? I to, yeah. yeah, I had to get her in the morning again, uh, you know, uh, surreptitiously just to, just to give her a gabapentin, make her more comfortable. But um, yeah, got her in the clinic and uh, got her under anesthetic, not too bad. And it all going well, you know, I'm pretty relaxed about it. You know, I know she's had anesthetics before. I'm pretty comfortable with what's going on. You know, it's not yeah. my first radio. But uh, but to, I was sort of halfway through the dental and I said to, we got a bit busy and I said to the nurse, oh, someone came out and said, can you help out at reception? And I Normally, yet yeah, we might the nurse might go briefly. You know, I can manage yeah. an anaesthetic, a dental sort of thing, and and the nurse has gone, no, I can't go anywhere. And I just went, oh, hang on a sec, maybe it is a bit stressful for the nurse having the vet ah. cat under anaesthetic yeah. and having to monitor it. And I hadn't hadn't really twigged on that, so I so I just went, no, that's fine, you can stay here, no worries, that's all right. You're going to have to handle out the front, everyone. So. Perhaps a bit stressful for the nurse, but yeah, Olive went well. Nice, clean, beautiful teeth. Deb ran nice. some bloods. Deb ran some bloods down at down at Werribee for her. All good, all all healthy. So thanks everyone for for your concern and writing in and emailing. How's she going? She's doing well. She's um, she's managed to put on a kilo in a year. Wowzers! Yes, she is. No wonder her teeth are clean. They're getting a workout. Well, so thank you, Delicate Care, for the for the, the, the new diet she's on. It, if your cat needs a little bit of extra plumping up, Delicate Care's got you covered, I reckon. That is some rich food. Uh, and um, and and very good for their coat too. Like, have you, have you guys noticed if Olive's coat is uh, feeling uh, incredibly soft at the moment, Lewis? Or Because oh, we, look, Christina and I were remarking the other day, uh, patting Parker, just going, it, he has never felt this soft. I mean, this year we're not even doing the ad for him yet. We're already blowing smoke up him. But you know, he's um, you know, Parker's coat. It's like he's um turning into a mink. Very nice, a mink, mate. Yeah, right. Yeah, a mink very, tabby cat. Very nice. Well, Olive, if we can get near and pat her, I'm sure her coat would be nice and fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> but she won't come near me now after the dental. Yeah, yeah. You got another year. Yeah. Well, that's right. But yeah, a whole. I was like, okay, she's put on a kilo, so she's gone from five point six to 6.5. So not only, so I was, and it was funny cause I was, I was saying to the other vets, I was going, Gee, she's put on it, you know, she's put on a kilo in a year and they're sort of like, Oh, well, you know, I felt like a classic owner. I've gone, we're not feeding her that much. I'm only giving her a third of a cup and you know, we're not giving her anything else. And that's all she's having. Mm. I could tell everyone was going, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah right. sure. That's yeah. all. Yeah. As if, you know, just like you do with the owners. Yeah. I think it's getting a bit more. So, so Olive, has officially been, we're starting to weigh out the amount she's getting now and really focusing on trying to get her weight back down again. Yeah, because how old is she now? Uh, I think she's rising eight. Yeah, we oh, okay. a bit, yeah, right. bit so, of conjecture about how old she is. Uh, yeah, Deb's, Deb's got her at, I think, 11. I've got her at eight. So somewhere in between eight and 11 we'll go with. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on whether Deb's in the room or not. That's right, exactly. Pretty sure she's yeah. eight or nine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we have yeah. No, no. It, and also this week we had a, we had a falcon in in at work, an Australian hobby falcon. Oh, I didn't realise that Australian hobbyists had falcons. Yeah, falcon, right. I didn't realise falconry was it was big in Australia as a as a hobby. 
Well, well, exactly. It had, a, it had a, came in with um, a couple of tubs of Lego and had had a model model airplane with it. So living up to its name, yeah, living yeah, up to its yeah. name. Did it come with its little um, its little helmet, like a, its little uh, you know, little hood little thing coming out? Or was this a yeah, the little hood? Okay, came with a hood, yeah, and and attached uh, uh, little straps on its legs so we could hold it. Yep, it was perfect. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, just just flip. Flew into flew into the waiting room and then flew back out again, back onto the guy's arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah onto his um. No, you won't go there. Uh, it was yeah. found on the street. It was found on the street. Oh, okay, right. Th- thought to be hit by a car, and then oh. uh, someone was riding past, and then came back and was still standing in the same spot in the gutter, and they brought it in, and uh, we fed it up, gave it some vitamin K because sometimes they can be eating uh, rats that have been uh, poisoned with rat sack or rat bacon that. Bait and that sort of thing against vitamin K, and within a couple of days, was eating meat and uh, went off to a to a caro. Amazing, beautiful specimen, gorgeous bird, really gorgeous. How big bird. was it? What sort, uh, of, what sort of weight? Uh, oh, that's a. I don't know about weight. We didn't get a chance to weigh, but it'd be about as probably as long as your forearm, probably that kind of length. Oh mate. wow! Yeah, so and you got good. big forearms too. Yeah, thanks, mate. Oh, not as wide, not girth. I'm talking length. Oh, here, mate. oh, all right. Yeah, don't, yeah. Length, 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 not girth. Yes, don't get confused. It's a it's a common confusion. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like not like Rafael Nadal with his uh, you know, one one big girthy forearm and the other one looking a little wrinkly. You know, was it a more of a a, a serving forearm or a or a non a non serving forearm sort of girth of the um of the falcon? Yeah, it was like the claw, the claw, mate, the big one arm claw, the serving claw, definitely right. Speaking of right. crabs, though, we <laughs> went down went down to Rye on the weekend, and uh, and snorkeled with at the uh, yeah. at the the malt of the crabs at the Rye Pier. So every year, oh, the, right, yeah, every year the uh, there's a whole lot of spider crabs that are in the local bay, and they congregate uh, near the full moon in winter, and uh, and create massive mounds of crabs, meters high, yeah. and uh, and they lose they molt their hard shell. And and when they molt, they have a soft shell, and and they drink a lot of water, and that's how they grow. Um, right. And so they 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 congregate. They think so that um, so that when they lose that hard shell, they're obviously prone to predators because they've got a soft shell for a while until it hardens up. And they so they congregate in numbers in the hope that they won't get eaten. So went down to the kids down to Ripe and uh, and snorkeled uh, with them. It was absolutely freezing, so cold. Yeah. But it was fantastic. Saw yeah, th- millions of crabs just everywhere, and um, unfortunately, there were a lot of people there fishing for them, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, right, and and not your standard fishermen, just sort of people who I think just gone to the local local uh, shop, bought bought a, uh, a chicken, and then tied that uh, like a roast chicken, and tied that to the to the nets that they were buying a hoop net and and pulling all these crabs out. So that was a bit disappointing. But it's been featured on um, David Attenborough's Blue Planet. He's featured these this crab migration or crab molt that occurs. It was a phenomenal thing. It's amazing to see, and lots and lots of stingrays there uh, feasting on the just crabs as well. The soft shell, yeah, right. yeah, just enjoying the soft shell crab. So, um, really, really fun. Lots of fun with the kids. Yeah. Um. So the how big were the um were the shells that they left behind? Like, so if they they cracked out their um cracked out of their their big shell, you know, was there you know, like just debris of, of old shells just everywhere or, you know, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, a lot into... of, yeah, quite a few old shells there and you see them molting as well. You actually can get close enough to see the molting, but some of the shells wow. are again, again, probably as, as girth as my forearm you, you go with, mate. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not, not, non non-serving forearm. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, they're, they're good. They're probably hand size, you know, they're quite big crabs, big spider crabs. Yeah, right. And people fishing them, and they're totally they're barely edible. It's just I, I couldn't right. understand it. It's just terrible. And actually, the pier the pier ended up getting shut down because there were so many people there that they weren't social distancing, and so they shut the pier down. The police came and shut it down. There were right. that many fishermen on the pier. It was insane. It was, it was an amazing thing. Probably won't do it again until next year. Next year, yeah. When they come uh, back, how thick how thick was your wetsuit that you had to get into? Yeah, three four, three mil, four mil. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was my oh, surfing wetsuit, so it's all right. It's all good. Oh, all nice, good. Kids nice. were a little bit cold everywhere that was exposed. Hands like April couldn't put her head in the water because she kept getting an ice cream headache every time she put her head in the water. Oh, jeez, so, that is yeah, cold. It was cold, and hands, our feet, oh, our hands were cold. Head was cold, but everything else was okay. Everything yeah. else was was well girthed, shall we say? Oh, nice. 
Nice. Yes. Girth by sea. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the beach, we were down at the beach uh, uh, last weekend. We weren't out um, uh, snorkeling, but we were uh, um, down, down at the beach taking the advantage of taking some photos of the beautiful blue skies and um, saw a, um, an incident with a retractable lead, Lewis. You know, we've spoken in the past about um, the dangers of retractable leads. So um, there was a, a, a mum carrying a, a kid, probably would have been four or five years old um, and had a greyhound on a retractable lead. And um, the, yeah. um, And the greyhound saw another dog that was coming running over to it. And the greyhound decided I want to be over there. And so, you know, greyhounds, but oh yes. Pull, twisted the mum straight over, landed over. She landed on the kid. The kid's bawling their eyes out. The the dogs are trying to get into it. Um, we were probably about 50 metres away. And I, like, I was about to start trying to head over there and try and help out. But then the mum got up and reeled the reeled the greyhound in and sort of got everything under control again. But And I thought, geez, is, is this an opportune time to go over and say, look, you know what? I do a podcast. And we've spoken about the dangers of retractable leads. Did you want to you know, did you want to have a listen back to episode 36? Um, I didn't, Lewis. I didn't because I thought it might have been a an emotional, emotional time for it, but um, yeah, I, 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 we've spoken before about it. Just the dangers of retractable leads, and especially, especially in a large dog. You know, it's you've got no control whatsoever. Yeah, spot on, mate. I, I had a consult today with two Akita puppies, gorgeous, actually gorgeous puppies. Uh, I think they're both about three or four months old, both in the consult room with retractable leads on it. And I've walked in, literally just bound me up within two seconds, all tangled up, everything. I was like, look, let's maybe we'll take their leads off. Hey, and, and we'll put those in the bin. And, and and you could buy two of these new leads. It was like, really can't be doing that. So you're very dangerous thing. Very dangerous. I think that's a, that might be a good thing to um to have in the actual uh, consult room, Lewis. We actually get the rubbish bin out and we write on the side of it, storage device for retractable leads. And we go, oh, look, we've actually got somewhere that we'd like to keep these retractable leads. And you pull out the retractable lead storage device and uh, go, just pop it in here and uh, and then we'll pop, pop that into storage for you because this is where they belong. I like that a lot. And you can have some lighter fluid as well and just like, and then just light them up. Oh, right. Yes. Get, get pyro on it. Yeah. Yes. Why not? That'd be fantastic. I'd love to do that. Oh, that, and, that, and that'd really hit home as well, you know, of uh, yeah, the, the sacrifice. It's gone. Know, of, uh, of, of, it's gone. It's just gone. We could do a little dance around it. The Akitas <laughs> would love it. They'd be, they'd be running around doing a little, oh. little furry dog dance. Jeez, yeah. I haven't seen an Akita in a long time too. Yeah. It was interesting to get two of them. And uh, actually one of them, one of them had a, uh, a bit of a bung eye and the owner mentioned to me, I probably won't go too deep about it. Oh, comment from the breeder was it uh, uh, wasn't going to make it. It fell off the balcony, hurt its eye. I thought, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. Sounds a bit, and a looked bit at weird. The eye. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I thought, oh, yeah, okay. And then looked at the eye and yeah, it was a microphthalmus eye. So probably, probably a genetic issue that was born within Akita's. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, very tactful, difficult situation of trying to say to the owner, well, I think potentially it was actually born with that condition and that, you know, maybe it was a, maybe it did fall off the balcony or wherever it was, but possibly it wasn't related to the fact that it was born with a, with a, um, with a small eyeball. So yeah. yeah. yeah and there was a bit of a language barrier too. So yeah, difficult situation to broach. Tough, tough one, mate. Tough one. Mm. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we do, mate, isn't it? That's what we do. Well, that's what we've got to do. And you know what else we've got to do? We've got to talk about, talk some more about Zilkeen. Yes. Zilkeen, alpha-cathosapine, Lewis. It made, it made Ollie's visit to the vet much sweeter and nicer and oh, happier. I think nice. I almost got a cuddle out of her on the Zilkeen. Really good really? stuff. Yeah. So wow. m- mild anxiety-lowering medication um, that, uh, that uh, it's really good. You know, I had a, 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 a cat. I would, uh, I, can't remember, I think it was a dog, dog going to Canada via the USA. And I said, yes. let's, let's put it on some Zilkeen. Interesting. She, you know, there's massive issues of trying to get animals anywhere in the world at the moment because of COVID people want their pets yeah. back with them. And these people had to move to Canada for work. And she was saying she, uh, she had a group of 50 pets that were going to travel with their owners on a chartered flight to America. No, no, to Hawaii, to Hawaii for 10 grand a pet. 10 grand a pet. Yeah. 10,000 Aussie dollars a pet to fly to Hawaii. That's the best she could Bowsers. do. I thought, Jesus, there's some money in that, isn't there? 
Yeah. yeah and yeah. apparently it was, that was a case of, yeah, you get a seat and your animal sits next to you on the seat next to you. Because oh, I was, wow, wow, from here to here to Hawaii, that's a long flight to have, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. your dogs in the, you know, there next to you. I wonder if they they hand out little poo bags for you next to the next to the vomit bags in the, uh, you know, in the in the little tray table. You know, do they bring out the little um, what sort of what sort of uh, food do you think they'd be able to have for for the airline food for the uh, for the animals? Do you think they bring out little pre prepared little, uh, you know, little little rip top things as well? Well, maybe you'd, you'd probably yeah you you probably you probably want to have chicken and rice, so it's low residue, wouldn't you? You'd need some something something like delicate care, low residue. Oh, that's where I was angling. Maybe you'd open it up, and there's some delicate care skin and stomach. Exactly. Put small poos on the plane. Small Sp- poos on the plane. Yeah. And I, when I was talking to her, I thought I couldn't work out if the owners went with them, but I, I just imagined like dogs and cats on a plane. Just, you know, 50 dogs and cats just in the plane, shut the doors, and we're flying away. Whoever whoever makes it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly like Lord of the Flies. Just whoever makes it, makes it. That's it. And then they open the door. They'd open the door, and there'd be Olive just sitting there smiling. I reckon. It'd be covered in, there'd be blood everywhere, and Olive would just be sitting there going, yep. Yep, there, there's only four. There's only one of us left now. This is it. It's Ollie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thunderdome. Two shall enter. Only one shall leave. <laughs> we have fifty will. Fifty will enter. Only one shall remain. <laughs> uh, so, well, so, um, so I wonder if the if the, for the toilets there they um they sort of retrofit some of the toilets there but they have like a little bit of uh, artificial turf there with a little fire hydrant there for the dogs you know maybe a couple of litter trays there for the cats Lewis you know so they can just sort of wander in there you know use uh use the facilities because yeah it's a lot be a long time for them holding on from uh oh, from yeah. Australia to Hawaii it'd be a smelly plane wouldn't it mate by the end of it surely. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm reminded as well of that um that that cinematic classic that I'm not sure if you've seen Snakes on a Plane, Samuel <laughs> well, that's L. Jackson, Dogs and yeah. Cats on a Plane. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Get yeah. these mother snakes up this mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Dear, mate. So anyway, so delicate care. Thanks very much. Um, they've supplied Qantas with enough food for fifty <laughs> dogs and cats to to make it to Hawaii. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sorry, that's we great. just dropped. Dropped uh, dropped Andre into that, but I'm pretty sure he will come come through the goods. So delicate care, we love it, and so does Qantas. No, oh, for sure, for sure. I've actually got um, I, I specifically got some in today uh, or this week for a cat Lewis that's had um, uh, he's got some low grade gastrointestinal signs, and we've had him on the normal low um low residue diets, but he's still got the issues. So I said, well, has he ever had duck before? No. Has he ever had kangaroo before? No. I said, well, I've got the diet for you. Nice. So we've got him started on the duck and kangaroo delicate care sensitive uh, skin and stomach. So let's see. Uh, uh, see whether or not that helps out uh, this little kitty cat. Very good. And we're going to have a chat to the professor, aren't we, who's developed the the, the brand of Delicate Care or developed the food for it at some stage. We have uh, we've still got a shout out for questions. We had a few questions come in. Um, so we're loading them into the, into the pod for that episode. But if you do have some questions about the food or anything about food in general, uh, that is dog and cat food, um, <laughs> then please send us some questions to Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. Now, also a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. And we've got some updates from Patreon supporters. Hot oh. off the press. I got an email, we got an email this morning from Suzanne. Really? Decal gal. Decal gal. Got a lovely Pat, photo. Decal gal in Northern Cal. Yeah, South Carolina. South Cal, sorry. South Carol. Yeah, yeah South Cal. And from uh, from uh, Ave- Bark Avenue Dog Groomy, I think it is, in, in South yeah. Carolina there. So if you're down that way, check her out. But she says, hey, hi, Dr. Lewis and Dr. Robbie. Look what came in the mail today. Oh, and she's got a photo holding the stickers. Really? Holding the stickers. Did We've you send proof. them, mate? Did you send them? I oh, must have done. Must have. Because I know you're a bit, yeah, a bit toey on uh, not trying to send out the stickers. So I knew one of us had to pony it up. How'd they get there? I don't believe it. I didn't send them. Do you send them? What's going on? It's just magic, mate. It's magic. Fairy magic. Yeah, maybe Fairy maybe the magic. printers said, yeah, we need to send some over there. So that is fantastic. I look forward to sending these awesome decals out to the two Vets Talk Pet supporters. I'm glad to be part of this great community. People who love animals are my kind of people. My kind of people. Hey. That's a really bad, I'm sure that's not how yeah. they sound. 
Yeah, yeah. I in think South she's just throwing the stickers in the bin there, Lewis. Thanks a lot for that, mate. <laughs> yeah. She's just put it in that bin with the, the retractable leaves. And poof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Running around it with a lighter fluid. Yes. <laughs> have a great day and always stay positive. And please, can you have Deb on the show more often? Whoa. Oh. There we go. The way I was feeling this morning, um, Susan, I think you were going to have uh, Deb on on today, but I mean, you know, we've uh, managed to, to, to hit it up. But I'll I'll, tr- I'll try and make sure I get I get lazy again, so you can get Deb back on there. A kiss and a slap, all in one email, hey mate. There you go. That's that's the way of life, mate. Yeah, a little bit of carrot, a little bit of stick. That's the way. That's all right. It keeps us on our toes, Lewis. It's good. And also, we've got an update from Nicole Peavy on Dash. Now, remember, Dash had the symmetrical lupoid oncodystrophy. The nail problem. Yes, with the nails. Yes. Nails kept tearing. Hi, guys. Uh, sorry to hear Dr. Robbie didn't make the newspaper top 10. Oh, but no yeah. doubt, amongst all his patients, he's definitely top 10 in their eyes. Oh, oh yeah, thanks. That's really sweet. You're top 10 in their eyes, mate. Yeah. That's because oh. we've got less than 10 vets at our clinic. But, you know, that's fine. <laughs> we, 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 won't, we, won't, we, won't, we won't sort of worry about the details on that, Lewis. Well, you needed a shtick, mate. You need to be chasing sheep around a paddock to get top ten, I think. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm too, I'm too, uh, too old school, mate. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, but I don't go for, uh, I don't go for, yeah, just, just silly little routine things. Yeah, I don't go for, you know, fanciful stuff in order to, yeah, just yeah. To try and just for a popularity contest. Oh, that's yeah. not me, Lewis. That's, that's not us, mate. There's no way we do a silly podcast with two old blokes just chatting away just to get some, some popular. What? Uh, hang on. What? Oh, hang on, Jesus! Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the other podcast that we do. You know, two, two middle aged guys just talk about their lives. Yeah, just talk about footy and going to the pub and and their week at work. That's yeah, that's yeah. not us. <laughs> I thought I'd update you on Dash. I heard your podcast and advice about the scratch board, so I improvised and used an old skateboard deck to scratch. Oh, at, nice and one! He's loving it, or maybe just loving the treats involved. Also, our desensitization training has been paying off. I was able to clip and fold most of his nails this week, a little bit each day. Now they're shorter. We'll keep working on the scratch board and filing them down on a regular basis as recommended by yourselves, brackets, and our vet. That's right. We'll take that little bit of, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that little bit of uh, uh, acceptance there. That's great. He also suffers from quite severe separation anxiety. We seek the most amazing behaviour vet for this. Ooh, wonder who that is. Let us know, Nicole. Who's your amazing behaviour vet? And have Give noticed our. Uh, hey. Give him a plug. And have noticed our alone training has improved significantly since getting his nails under control. He must have ah. been so uncomfortable. Thank you for all your help and guidance. And although all advice is general in nature, you have helped Dash and I immensely. Please let Lewis's wife do some more episodes soon. She is the best. Well, she is. We know that. I don't we know. Understand, she wouldn't mate. turn up to a po- she wouldn't turn up to a podcast hungover, Lewis. So you know, I can see why the listeners would want to get Deb on more often. Much more mate, professional. I don't understand. These people write these lovely emails, and they always end them asking for Deb to be back on the show. I don't get it, Robbie. I don't understand. Absence no. makes a heart grow fonder, Lewis. You can only, you know, they're, they're only human. And it's only like, I, I miss going around to your place to be able to see Deb as well. I'll be honest. You know, I don't, <laughs> you know, I, the only reason why I started doing the podcast, I could come around and say hi to Deb and, you know, so she can make me a cup of tea. That's all. Why are people so unkind? Why are people so unkind? Thank you very much, Kamal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All righty. So thank you very much, Patreon. And if you want to, if you want to send us some questions or you want to say good day, or you want to, if you're in the US and you want a decal, get onto Patreon. So go to patreon.com and uh, search for two vets talk pets and you can for a little two bucks a month. We will now send you a sticker because we're saving on money on postage, aren't we? Thanks to Suzanne Barger. Baker. Suzanne, you're a legend. Yes. She you know, love her. But, but yeah, she's not going to send them from America back to Australia again. You'll probably have to get <laughs> off your bum and try and send them to people that are in Australia, surely. That's an idea. Might be cheaper. Yeah. I'll ask yeah. her. We'll ask her and we'll find and, it. And if anybody wants to be our, uh, our our European connection as well, let us know. You know, yes. we, we, we can have we can have like little, uh, it'll be like Fight Club. You know, we can just have these little, uh, these little, these little groups all around the world. Well, also, and, well, and that way we can, we, we could then, um, we could then, uh, when, when we actually get to international travel again, Lewis, we could write off a, uh, a trip overseas, yeah, for the podcast and go, oh, yeah, we're just going over there because we need to deliver the, uh, deliver the stickers to the decal gal. To, uh, that's a great idea. You have decal gals all around the world. Yes. I don't know what, 
this doesn't sound quite as good as it should. <laughs> not sure, not sure how our wives will be if we are off to visit the, our decal gals around the world. I'm not sure that's 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 an ideal thing, but but just yeah. our, just our supporters around the world, let's say. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Podcast supporters. Well, speaking Part of that, of the I wonder if we. Family. I know we've got a lot of listeners in uh, in uh, in Kashmir. So if we've got any listeners in Kashmir, this was an article I saw in the Age. Yeah. Uh, it says a Pakistani villager has appealed to India to release his pigeon, which is being held for spying after it crossed the disputed Kashmir border. Wow. The suspect was handed to security forces who were trying to decipher the numbers on a ring on its leg, fearing it could be a coded message for militants. Now, uh, uh, I mean, you know, we just talked about having decal gals around the world, but I don't want us to be seen as meddling in international affairs, you know, and, no, and we I definitely don't want to be. That's right. And I know we've got a lot of listeners in the, in the disputed war torn region of, of Kashmir, but, but at Port Melbourne vet clinic, I have seen quite a few homing pigeons at work of late. And, and I'm, I'm fairly suspicious. The code of messies might just be a mobile phone number for them. Really? To get, to get in touch with, with the owner of the pigeon. I, I don't want to preempt, you know, and create any conflict and, and issues between the border. But I reckon if you just put the number into your mobile phone, you're probably going to get onto the Pakistani villager who sent the pigeon in the first place by accident. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I, I do think, or certainly in the um, in the Second World War, um, pigeons were used quite a lot for um, for sending messages. Um, but I do believe that um, the communication uh, abilities of armies have improved since the 1940s, and probably have better ways of trying to get unless unless inside of that uh, pigeon's uh, ring, Lewis, is maybe a little bit of microfilm, the macrofilm. That, oh. they, that they sort of run it out and there's, you know, uh, you put it all together and you know, like a puzzle and then it might tell you, you know, how to make a nice, uh, a nice cashmere stew or something like that. So you think they've, they've jammed a little piece of paper up his ring? Yes. Yeah. In, in, in the ring, not the cloaca. Oh, you know, sorry, no, mate. Not, oh. Not, not that ring. Oh, I thought he was. And the race character. ring, not his, not his, not his date ring. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a homing pigeon, and you know, I mean, I'm not trying to say that the the security forces in the in the the uh, the Indian region are not in tune with what could be a mobile phone number, but if you are listening, guys, just just give it a ring, and I'm I'm sure there's an anxious villager who'll come come past and pick him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, or or just release the pigeon and let it fly back. Well, because yeah, we that's tr- what they we- do. We do that at work. They just come back in. I think we've got the food, so I don't think ah, so. Ah, right. I don't. I don't yeah, think yeah, that works. That that pigeon was had been working for years trying to make its way across the border. It doesn't want to go back. Yeah, it's avoiding. I mean, the think it's a defector. It's it's it's, it's avoiding the falcons over the over the uh, the hobby fal- the Australian hobby falcons, probably right. on the on the the Kashmiri border, and it's blown off course. I think pretty sure that's what's going on. It's, it sounds pretty sound to me, Lewis. That sounds, uh, if, if I had to guess, that sounds like the most likely, I reckon, um, the, the most likely scenario. Uh, um, and uh, I had a, um, found a thing this week uh, in my inbox from um, uh, ASPCA, um, the um, American Society for Protection of Cruelty to Animals, where they, um, they occasionally get things in the, in the inbox, Lewis, talking about uh, toxins and things like that. And uh, they, this was one that interested me. It's about um, bread toxicity in dogs. So bread ingestion in pets is on the rise. Um, bake, uh, bread baking has quickly become a popular hobby. With the rise in people baking their own bread, there's also been an increase in bread-related pet consumption calls to the ASPCA Poison Control Center. These guys are uh, in the States, obviously. Right. Um, so the dangers of dough. Fully baked bread is safe for pets as an occasional treat, so long as it's not raisin bread. However, dogs and cats should never be allowed to eat uncooked bread 
yeasted bread dough. Raw, uncooked yeast ferments the carbohydrates in the dough, producing ethanol and carbon dioxide. So I feel um, you know, this is a, a story that's really close to my heart today, Lewis. Um, the, the process can continue in the stomach, leading to the animal to becoming disoriented. I was certainly feeling that. Bloated. I was, that, that was me. Potentially leading to GDV or gastric dilation volvulus. I didn't, I didn't quite go that bad. Um, and ataxic. Just like people, alcohol poisoning can be fatal for pets. So that's what happens if your um, if your animal gets into uh, uncooked bread dough. So um, or if you're a vet and you go to a um a brewery for too long, um, the the initial signs of drunkenness progresses to acidosis, tremors, hypotension, hypothermia, and respiratory depression. The risk of aspiration is high as ethanol is directly irritating to the stomach, causing vomiting. Yet it paralyzes the muscle that close the epiglottis so uh basically treatment of dough consumption um you know try uh, uh it depends on the amount ingested but in any case every second counts uh so you need to uh try and get them to vomit to bring it all up uh, but don't uh, we don't try and uh, we've spoken about this before lewis about when we're trying to make animals vomit we don't try and make them vomit if they're already showing signs because if they're already showing signs of vomiting and things making them vomit more is probably not going to do them any good um but otherwise we just need to do uh, gastric lavage fluid therapy and uh anti uh, try and help their blood pressure and uh anti-emetics anti-vomiting medications and most times they go fine so there you go dough consumption i thought that was a uh, a nice callback lewis from the times of when we were talking about all the uh the the bread making that's going on because um christina did want to put on the pod record right um she said uh you know this was this was uh you know, at a time when uh, you know, things weren't quite as um, as civil as what they were when we were doing the uh, doing the surgery, Lewis. That <laughs> she wanted it known to all of our listeners that she's not just a COVID baker; she's been baking for months. All right, Christina's <laughs> been baking sourdough. So let it be known, listeners, that Christina has been baking sourdough for many, many, many months, at least 12 months. So we've got the same starter dough on the go. Um, this isn't just a COVID thing. So when I saw that story, I thought, hang on, that reminds me, I've got to get on here and uh, and appease my wife <laughs> of trying to let her know that um, that, that she's not just a, yeah, a, a fly-by-night, stay-at-home COVID baker. No, she's been baking for a long time but before anyone ate a bat. Point, point noted, mate. Point noted and very, very well put. But what about that banana bread that she was trying out the other day for the first time? The banana bread? Yeah, the, the banana bread craze she's gone on. She's been putting on Instagram everything, mate. I've seen it. Photos. This is a new banana bread I'm trying next to the sourdough. Next to the sour, sourdough banana bread. That'd be all right. You know? We do have a lot of bananas in the freezer that we can uh, try and chuck in there. I might, I might mention it to her and say, look, Lewis has got some ideas for your uh, for your bread-making Instagram photos. Why don't you try making some banana bread sourdough? That'd be great. I'm really not helping, am I, mate? All right, Christina. I, I do attest that Christina has been baking for a long time pre, pre-COVID. There we go. It it is known. There you go. So 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 you, we've we've got that across there, Christina. Um, now also, Lewis, on the um, on the news this week. Um, so uh, I saw this on a um, uh, on on my Facebook feed. One of the few times I actually was looking at uh, social media. But actually, one of our uh, uh, avid listeners, Claudia, um, actually was uh, right onto this. She had her finger on the pulse as well, and uh, and actually sent it to us uh, as well. So you know, good great minds think alike, Cloudy. Um, so what this is, this is from, um, now you might have to help me with the pronunciation, Lewis, of the uh, of the newspaper, but I think it's the, the Ration Den Weezer uh, uh, newspaper. Does that sound about right? Yeah, how are you with your Perfect, Dutch, mate. Dutch pronunciations? Your Dutch, okay? your Dutch is impeccable, mate, from somebody who's, who can't speak a word of it. That's, uh, that's spot on pronunciation there. Well done. Terrific. So, um, so what goes on here is a press release. No more pedigrees for pugs and French bulldogs in the Netherlands. So this wow. is an absolutely hot, hot button topic. And um, where, um, so we'll, I'm just reading from the article here. That's um, trying to see if there's a someone who's 
actually, no, I can't. There's no one there that's got a, uh, um, oh, for more information, there's a Kelly Kesson um, who's at the uh, the Deer and Reicht is a Dutch foundation that's committed to the well-being of animals. So I think that's what, well, she's one of the ones that's interviewed in this article. Anyway, let's get on to it. So the Dutch animal welfare organization Deer and Reicht achieved a huge success in the fight against the breeding of short muzzled or brachycephalic dogs. As of May 18th this year, no more pedigrees are issued uh, to purebred short muzzle dogs that do not meet the requirements of Dutch law. This will drastically affect the breeding of pedigree dogs like pugs and English and French bulldogs in the Netherlands. Wow. So we've spoken, yeah, we've spoken in the past about dogs that have uh, short noses and the and the problems associated with them with the, the narrowed airways and things like that. So they have trouble breathing, they can get gastrointestinal problems, um, but it sounds like the Dutch authorities have really, um, really gone pretty hard at trying to uh, trying to do something about it. So, um, so reading on through with the article. So as of 2014, there was a law in the Netherlands that prohibits breeding with animals when they have physical features that may be harmful to their offspring. But in March of 2019, this law supplemented or was supplemented with a number of clear guidelines for the minimum required length of a dog's muscle. Recently, the government started to warn breeders who who breed dogs with extremely short muzzles. So the Dutch Kennel Club now uh, issues certificates instead of pedigrees. So all pedigrees in the Netherlands are issued by the Dutch Kennel Club, uh, Rad van Beer. Uh, pure breed dogs with short muzzles will no longer receive a pedigree from this umbrella organization for the Dutch breed clubs. Instead, they will receive a certificate of descent. The registration of these certificates will make it easier for the government to identify breeders who do not comply with the law. Uh, all over the world, breed clubs um, are expressing their horror about the Dutch law. They fear that this example will be adopted by other countries. Dogs without a pedigree are not allowed to participate in dog shows. This creates serious problems for the breeders and could spell the end for these popular dog breeds. Uh, veterinarians and animal welfare organizations approved. Deer and Reicht is pleased to see that the Netherlands is the first country in the world to champion the health of these dogs by prohibiting the breeding of short muzzled dogs. The scientific proof that these dogs are chronically suffering has been around for decades. Veterinarians and animal welfare organizations have warned about these problems for years. These institutions reacted positively to the recent developments in the Netherlands. Uh, veterinarian Kelly Kesson of Deer and Reicht, this is fantastic news for all short muzzled dogs that suffer from the extreme physical features that they are purposefully bred for. This will finally put an end to the breeding of short muzzled dogs in the Netherlands. We hope that more countries will follow and that consumers will stop buying them when they realize that these dogs are seriously suffering from their disorders and limitations. So there is some seriously loaded uh, language in that, um, in that article. What, um, you know, I don't think unjustifiably Lewis. Well, I'm, I'm fully on board with that, mate. I think, um, you know, we see so many problems with those dogs with, with the shorter the muzzle. Um, often the, the worse the breathing is, the, the worse their welfare is. Um, you know, they have, they have trouble breathing at rest at times, um, mm. you know, and, and a lot of them need, need that soft palate surgery, the, um, and then the nasal surgery that we do. Um, I think this is a great start. I, I, I know that goes against what the breeders want, but, but as a vet, I, I can see it only improving the welfare of these animals. And, you know, you think back to when, uh, when we graduated back, back when um, hip and elbow scoring were only just coming into um, vogue for pedigree breeding for large breed dogs, Labradors, German Shepherds, Dobermans, those sorts of dogs. I think we used to see a lot more dogs with a lot worse hips back then than what we do now because of the, you know, the certification that was yeah. done and the testing that was done, which has been for the betterment of those breeds. So um, I, 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 I'm interested to see whether or not anything actually comes of this um, here in Australia and also in other places in the world, but then how they try and police it. You know, we need to have, um, you know, special rulers and things like that, you know, special snout rulers to try and help to uh, open it out. Maybe a, um, a noisy breathing test, Lewis, you know, you got to have the, the dogs have to run around for a certain, amount of time and then you know if you if you can't hear someone uh talking on the other side of the same room they go oh you know no that dog can't be bred with they're they're way too uh you know, having way too many problems um you know i i had a um 
a, a dog a, a dog breeder oh sorry a dog owner who had a um a little pug and uh and it needed to have the surgery and they said oh should i let the breeder know i said well you, you can do i mean the breeder's going to be all across this happening the breeder said to them lewis none of my dogs have ever needed to have that surgery i think the vet's talking out their bum there's no there there are no problems with it and it's like mm. i said look one or two things is happening with that breeder Either they've got their head stuck so far in the sand and their animals are suffering or they're telling you fibs, you know, one of the, one of the two, you know, and, um, you know, uh, it's up to you which one you want to believe, but that's one of the two options of what's happening. Spot on, mate. I, um, same sort of thing. I worked at a clinic that, uh, we had a groom who worked for us who bred a certain short nosed breed to a popular yeah. short nosed breed. And she said exactly the same thing. You know, none of my dogs ever need that boa surgery. They're my dogs are all fine. They're all come, can breathe perfectly. They can all whelp on their own. They can have puppies on their own. Um, and it was just like the, you know, and we would see her puppies and they needed the surgery, but she would adamantly yeah. lie blue to us, you know, straight to her face that, uh, that, um, no, none of her dogs ever, ever needed that done. They were all born with perfect airways. So, but you raise it, you raise another interesting point is, you know, how they measure, how they're going to measure that the snout is too short. Um, mm. because certainly when we in, uh, Victoria had, do you remember how we had the breed specific legislation that came in here? to try and oh, yes. ban dogs that were looked like a pit bull um, yeah. in, the, in the thought that pit bulls caused more dangerous dog bites, blah, 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 totally false sort of area. And they had all these measurements that you had to take of the particular dog to be able to diagnose it as a pit bull. And I think one of them was sort of muzzle length. And that was a real issue. Where do you measure from? Is it from the, you know, the corner of the eye? It needs to be a standardized measurement. And I think that's really hard to do. So hopefully these guys have, have managed to do that. And, uh, and if they can sort of eradicate or, or bring better welfare to those short nosed breeds that's that's a fantastic effort really really well done yeah yeah no i think it's um and uh we uh, we were speaking before the show i've uh, reached out to a um a surgeon up in queensland dr phil philip moses who is um he he's a big fan of brachycephalic dogs in the doing the surgery he does heaps of them all the time so we're going to try and see if we can line up a, an interview with um with uh, dr phil um you know in a, in a couple of weeks time sit down on the couch with dr phil Sounds good. <laughs> I like that. That sounds good. I, was, I, was, I sort of imagine him in a wicker basket for some reason. I'm not sure why, drifting along the canal in the reeds. Really? Is that, yeah. Is that, where Mo, is that where Moses was found? Is that the story of Moses? I don't know. Uh, I think he parted the seas, didn't he? Yeah. He, uh, yes, that's Moses. Yes. Yep, well, there yep. we go. He can part the seas uh, between the long nose and the short noses. Well, or he, he can he can part the um, part the gap between the the the, the thick horrible tissue of the larynx and the and the, the the lungs behind that are screaming for air in these little dogs but anyway nice. so we'll try and line that up so so if you've got any questions or anything that you'd like to ask uh, uh phil um yeah send them to us two vets talk pets at gmail.com um or uh hit us up on instagram or twitter or facebook or anything like that because uh he doesn't just do the boa surgeries he's a um he's a pretty crack surgeon phil he's um i've heard him um do a number of talks and he's a really really uh really really interesting guy to talk to so it should be good He's a crack surgeon. Very good. Phil cracks. It's good. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, I'm just trying to pull back up the, uh, pull back up disclaimer. the running sheet. Disclaimer. Oh, disclaimer. Yeah, mate. Yeah, all right. Um, now I just need to try and find where my just, um, oh, crap. I can't find All it. advice um, on all... this show is general in go. nature. That so sounds please right. consult your veterinarian. Before following the advice for your pet, we do our best to provide the most updated information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we have missed anything. Now, um, we might we might take a short break, mate, and uh, and then we'll come back. Uh, I've got a little bit to talk about uh, feeding treats to your dog, so we'll come back in a minute and talk about that. Hey, Lewis. Yeah, what, Robbie? Have you been tuning into Pet Shores Free Pause and Learn webinar series? You know what, mate? I have been. And I tell you what, I'm learning a thing or two. Well, mate, you're never too old to learn. You know what they say <laughs> about you know old vets and new tricks. Um, and that's what they're all about, teaching pet parents how to look after their very friend's well-being. 
Oh, yeah, fair dinkum. What's up next? Oh, mate, it is an absolute packet of crackers. I tell you what, it is a red, red hot rip snorter. It's called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success, and it's designed to help anyone that's got a new pet recently with tips on how to help pets as we start to transition back to the new normal post-COVID-19. Now, this, this webinar is on Wednesday, the 17th of June at 7.30 p.m., and it's hosted by Pet Shores Chief Pet Dr. Danny Houlihan and Behavioural Medicine Specialist Dr. Kirsty Sexel. Oh, fantastic, mate. Two of my favourite specialist vets there. I'm putting that in my diary right away. Excellent. Um, to register for this webinar or any of the others in Petshaw's Pause and Learn series, visit petshaw.com.au slash webinars. Now, Lewis, registration is free, but spots are limited, so secure your spot today. And, of course, T's and C's apply. Visit petshaw.com.au for more information. Welcome back, uh, listeners. Uh, we've got a bit of an article that I got. Uh, we went to Costco recently. Costco, the 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 discount ah. supermarket. And would you believe it? The Costco mag that I, the magazine that I happened to take out, um, it's got a great article on treats for your pets. How to treat your pet properly. Really? Um, now. Well, knowing, the, uh, what Costco's, knowing what Costco's like, mate, where they've got all the big, big things, I imagine it's just feed your dogs big treats all the time, wouldn't it well, be? You know, Costco-sized treats? Well, that's what I imagine. I imagine, yeah, to be the, you know, the, go to the big, uh, the frozen section and pull out the huge treats and, and, uh, and, and they've got all the big things. You're right. But it's not. It's actually a decent article. So I thought I might summarize it a bit. It oh, talks good. about pet treats are often used to reward and help with training. So it's important to offer up the health healthiest options available. So we asked our experts to share their tips on how you can best whip up a treat that's not only tasty but nutritious too. That's interesting. Good. They they've interviewed uh, veterinary nutrition nutritionist Dr. Meredith Wall and veterinary and pet nutritionist Dr. Melina Fielder. And they're both uh, from uh, veterinary nutrition groups. We did, I think we did email Meredith Wall at one stage and ask if she wanted to come come on the podcast. And uh, we got crickets, mate. So I don't know, we should be mentioning names. Crickets. She's giving a shout out. Oh, we'll keep going. Ah, oh, well. Now, Meredith maybe, says... Maybe, maybe she'll jump on after we after give her a shout out. Possibly. Again. Meredith says, healthy treats are generally those that have nutritional value and aren't excessively high in fat. And much like it is for humans, an unhealthy treat for pets is one that is high in fat, such as biscuits and cakes. Love the cake. Love yes. the cake. Love the cake. Oh, cake well, speaking eaters. of that, that, that had to be taken off off, off, uh, off streaming services in a little Britain. It's not on there anymore. Love the cake. Oh, was it really? Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, of treats that are... Treats that are high in fiber, like many vegetables, are a great option as they don't contribute much in the way of calories and can increase the pet's feeling of satiety, says Dr. Wall. Veterinarian pet nutritionist Dr. Melina Fielder from Vet Nutritionist Clinic says it's also important to be mindful that certain treats may harm your pet, such as cause an intestinal infection, intestinal blockage, allergy, or dental fractures. Foodborne diseases like salmonella can be passed to pets through ingestion of contaminated pig's ears and tooth fractures can happen when dogs chew on smoked or fresh marrow bones. So we certainly don't recommend bones, mm-hmm. do we, mate? They sure can. If your no. pet has a health issue, Dr. Fielder says consulting a vet before making any treats is crucial. Otherwise, she favours keeping it simple. For dogs and cats, she suggests using a dehydrator to make dried turkey, chicken, or kangaroo meat strips. Drying thin slices of chicken, li- chicken liver and hearts are great for healthy heart function as they're rich in taurine and carnitine. Carnitine. Or if your pet is overweight, right. you can try slicing zucchini and apples and tying a small strip of lead meat around it so it's a nice smell and taste, but it also is low in calories. Sounds good, mate. It's a bit like the, uh, right. the, the a little, mel- little zucchini. Yeah, like the melon, the melon wrapped in prosciutto. Delicious. Oh, it's, 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 that's some high-end, uh, high-end pet treats that, uh, <laughs> that you know, Dr. Field is uh, pushing there. That's great. 
You can also make dehydrated or dried vegetable crisps. Think broccoli, zucchini, kale, sweet potato and carrot or frozen yogurt treats by simply mixing natural or Greek yogurt with a sugar-free fruit puree and freezing it in an enrichment toy such as a Kong. I like that a lot. That sounds good. For cats, she suggests oven baking small fish like whitebait for a chewy snack. Many cats have chopped fresh Love chopped fresh cooked prawns or small pieces of cooked skinless and boneless fish, Dr. Wall explains. Small dehydrated cooked pr- school prawns are also healthy. Or if you're time poor, find fit pret, pet friendly chews and treats in the warehouse, such as beef jerky, kangaroo jerky, and more. Oh, that's the warehouse, Costco warehouse, I guess they're saying. Yeah, of course, they've got to get the, they've got to get the plug in for their stuff. Exactly. How many treats you give to your pet should be considered holistically with their diet along with their weight? So Olive at the moment gets none. If we no give treats. Too, no, no, no. If we give too many treats, there's a risk that the overall diet might become deficient in essential nutrients. This is a bit like a person getting lots of their daily calories from snack food like potato crisps. They are high in fat yes. and salt, but they contribute much in the way don't contribute much in the way of uh, vitamins and minerals, explains Dr. Wall. 10% of daily calories from treats is the accepted maximum to avoid the risk of deficiency. There are some ingredients Ooh, that are okay. great. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting number. There are some ingredients that are great for increasing the nutritional value of any homemade dog or cat treats. And Dr. Wall suggests trying whole grains such as oats, barley, brown rice, and quinoa. There's no need to avoid whole grains oh. for healthy dogs, she says. Dogs are able to digest carbohydrates if prepared properly, and grains are a good source of fiber, vitamins, and minerals. Woof. There's a big shout-out to the grain-free... Uh, Hot button? Yeah, grain-free diets out there. I reckon we should get her on to have a chat about that. Yes. If, only she, if only she answered her emails, it'd be, be great to have her on. <laughs> You could also opt for cooked skinless and boneless white fish, salmon, trout, mackerel, or sardines. They are rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin D, Dr. Will adds. And fruits such as berries, apples, pears, bananas, plums, or peaches make a tasty and nutritious addition to any pet treat. These are all a good source of antioxidants, B vitamins, potassium, and fiber, she says. So there you go, guys. There's some good ideas for treats. I'd be saying, make sure you take the stones out of the plums and the peaches though before you give them to your dogs. Yeah, take the stones out of the plums for sure, mate. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to, got to, got to, what? Got to, got to keep an eye on those plums, mate. Take the weight out of the plums first. So she's got four, four <laughs> um, nutrition. Yes, four nutrition rules to follow. One, prioritize four. nutritional value. Two, everything in moderation. Three, change is constant. Four, follow your vet's advice. Resist the urge to follow Dr. Google's instructions or advice from your favorite influencers of Instagram, even if it's your favorite sourdough bread maker on Instagram, who's also branched into banana bread recently. And veterinary nursing. (laughs) I don't know who we're talking about. The ultimate authority on pet nutrition. (laughs) The ultimate authority on pet nutrition is always your vet. So there you go, mate. Some, uh, Boom. some tips on some nice u- nutritional treats that uh, that aren't going to put any weight on your cat. So I'm off to try Olive with uh, some lovely um, some lovely plums wrapped in zucchini and see how, she, see how she likes that. Yeah, with some um, you can make like a little skewer with some school prawns in there too. You can nice. sort of you know, make a little uh, make a little prawn cocktail maybe. But that's going to put weight on her, mate. So I think she needs she needs to stick with the uh, oh, the eggplant right. the eggplant and the plums wrapped together. I think that's probably what she's after. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just um, just dehydrated, and uh, and 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 remember moderation. Moderation's the key, Lewis. Yeah, not too much of the zucchini, eh? Yeah. If you th- if you think Olive hates you now, imagine when you start trying to feed her shaved zucchini. <laughs> she, she's going to start getting homicidal. <laughs> homicidal. Homicidal, yes. She'll be a homicidal olive. I could dip the dip the zucchini in some hummus, you think? That might help. Homicidal, I see what you did there. That's gold. Yeah, yeah you like that. Yeah. All righty. I do, so I you... do. What's t- tahini like for cats, though? Oh, no idea, mate. 
What is what's in tahini? No idea. Yeah. No, tahini's a um, that's like the 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 the, the um, oily stuff that you use to when you make it churn up your chickpeas to try and make hummus. Oh, I see. Right. Fair enough. Alrighty, so if you've yeah. got any questions anyway. about treats to feed your pets or questions uh, when we're going to have the prof on, who is uh, is uh, all about the delicate can, tell us all about it. Or just if you've got any general questions, then please find us at twovets.pets at gmail.com, Facebook, um, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Robbie's on House Party as well. Oh, absolutely. And- I'm all over House Party and Patreon. Search for us at patreon.com. Search Two Vets Talk Pets. You can get us a, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you definitely get your questions answered and some stickers. Maybe for right. a decal gal. Yeah, spot on. If you're, and if you're over in the Kashmir region and you, you, you just want to send us a photo of the ring, of the, the pigeon's ring, we'll, we'll let you know. Robbie will let you know if there's any microfilm up there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we could just stick one of our stickers on the bottom of the pigeon and fly it over there. Yeah, God, there seems to be there seems to be a secret code stuck on the bottom of this pigeon. Well, maybe the decal gal, if they if they like a a sticker, she could attach one to a pigeon and send it over there. Could do, could do. Alrighty, guys, enough silliness. We'll scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.